Hi, and welcome to the Yes Mama podcast. A Yes Mama is one who loves being a mom, who is in it to have the best time with their kids, to raise confident and happy and successful and resilient kids. And here at the Yes Mama podcast, we do that through intimate conversations with moms and sometimes dads about the best ways that we've found simple yet effective parenting methods that have helped our kids to really thrive. So even just by being here, you're doing such a great job by showing up, taking this hour out of your day to be a better parent shows how much you care. So great job. Thanks for being here. Here we go. All right. Hello, Nate. It's so nice to see you. Um, My name is Alana, as you know, and you have one of the most um, uplifting and really wonderful, just helpful little pieces of advice on how to love kids well for dads on Instagram that I have ever seen called Dads Don't Babysit. And I'm starting this podcast for moms um, about yes, mama, you know, showing up as your best self so you can love your kids well. And so we have such a good like crossover in our messages being really just how to love kids well, how to have kids feel loved all the time every day. So thank you so much for joining me here. I'm going to start quickly with you posted a little video of you and your son who's in college rocking out to, I think it was like Metallica (laughs) in the car. Yes. Uh, it actually, it, it's, so when I was growing up, I watched the good, the bad and the ugly with my dad. And that song is, I think his name is Insinio Morion. It's his song ecstasy of gold, but Metallica tends to open up their sets a lot of times with that song. Nice. And he found that for it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And one of the things I posted the other day was me in Vegas with my daughter. Cause my kids are college age kids. Yeah. And I think that that moment where you kind of like the same things, but they want to hang out with you. And it's just so much fun to, you know, be together and rocking out to things that they like, or you're like, is really kind of the goal. Like anyone who has the younger kids and they're having a rough day and you're like, Oh, today I have to do so many things and soccer practice and laundry. (laughs) Yeah. But if you can take a second and shoot it 10, 15, you know, 20 years ahead to those times where I went to the nightclub with my daughter in Vegas. I'm not a nightclub (laughs) girl at all. I'm a little, you know, teacher who lives outside LA. And she was like, yeah, mom, come with us. And we had so much fun because I, of course, I let her bring a couple friends that they all asked to go back the next year. Oh, that's fun. They're like, can we recreate it? Yeah. So again, I just wanted to start with that. That's the goal. The goal is have them be so comfortable with you that they can tell you anything. Mm-hmm. So um, enjoying your company too, that you can just have these moments, you know, when they get older, because when they are in college and older and adults, they don't have to hang out with you. They don't, you know, they get totally to true. choose to. So you want to build those relationships. Um, yeah, can we start absolutely. with telling me your story a little bit? How did this not just the Instagram stuff, but sure. did you always know you wanted to be a dad? Give me, give me your backstory. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I grew up in, uh, I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor, so like my understanding of like of life comes from the Judeo Christian background, but. In that same sense, I mean, I never, you know how they talk, uh, like, I mean, this is very, very, like, gender role specific, but, like, like I don't know guys that think about their weddings and stuff like that, right? So, I didn't do that either. Um, it, it was just assumed, oh, yeah, one day I'll grow up, I'll get married, and I'll have kids. Like, that's just the, that's the norm. Um, so, really, that's where all that, all that came from. I didn't, uh, you know, looking back, I didn't sit there and go, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to be a dad. I can't, you know, it was just like... Yeah, that's that's normal for me. In fact, um, I'm 40. I'll be 43 in June. Um, when I turned 30, I like had this like implosion because I hadn't accomplished anything in my 20s that I thought I like. I, I mean, it was irrational, but it was one of those things where I was like, "Don't wish me happy birthday. I just want to sit in the basement in the dark. Don't wish like don't. I don't want to do anything because I felt like I hadn't done anything. And my wife at the time was like you have, you have these two beautiful children, like all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that just was normal. Like that's what's supposed to happen. Right. So it was nothing like that in the sense of like, do I, did I want to be a dad? It was really just assumed. Yeah, I will be at some point. Um, and, storms, I hear you. 
Yeah. And, and the hard part about that is I say that, and I know there are people out there that they have a hard time having kids. And I think that if you talk to a lot of, and I could be wrong, but if you talk to a lot of guys, they're probably in that same headspace growing up. And then when they get married and they're like, let's have a family, they're like, why can't we have a family? And they've got to go through a whole bunch of stuff to figure out how to have kids. And some people like end up going, okay, well, we can't have our own. Let's turn to adoption. And all beautiful things that come from from that. But yeah, it was never like a, in fact, the, like I, t- I tell the oldest, I'm like, look, dude, you were planned, but it wasn't by me. Like that was a, that was a God thing. Like I was living in Costa Rica. I was, it, we, we were in Costa Rica for a year on a, like a missions trip, like where we were learning the language and stuff. And 40 days in, they're like, you're, you're pregnant. And I'm like, the whole trip is blown. Like what is happening? You know, that kind of thing. So he was born there. Um, in fact, when we had the second, I was like, can we just go back to Costa Rica? I at least know the system enough to like go do that. But yeah, um, no, that's wonderful. But I, I, and I hear what you're saying about people who it's so funny today that kids, I say them, but they're not kids. They're married. (laughs) There's so many that are choosing, you know what, maybe I don't need to take that path. You know, my oldest is like, yeah, I think I'm not going to have kids. And I'm like, that's your choice. I hear you. So it's right. not, it's not for everyone. And and then also the ones who think it is a given, you're absolutely right. That especially in this day and age and all the things you talk about too, about healthy diet and testosterone and the whole thing that all plays into it too, of making sure yes. you're healthy enough to show up for it. Again, no saying that you have all that yeah. stuff lined up. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, I never had health issues. So like, again, just having kids like uh, I, I say that, and there's probably somebody out there that'd be like, "Oh my gosh, I hate that guy." But like, it, it I didn't have trouble in that area, and I was semi healthy and all that stuff. And I mean, you, there are those people I know this because I have I've had friends. They're like, "I live my life in a way like I want to, I want to, like I'm living my life this way so I can have babies." And then there's people that are like, you know, cracked out on heroin and they just get pregnant like that. You know, like Absolutely. what is the deal? Yeah, and uh, that's a hard that's a hard life to to it's a hard road to, to walk because you're questioning, you're questioning those things. And I didn't, I didn't have that. So it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, that's, they just, they just come along on. And I mean, honestly, we got pregnant. Um, we got pregnant with Finn and Wyatt within a year, like they were born a year and six days apart. So they're practically twins. And we're, I'm like, how does this happen? And I mean, I know how it happens, but, exactly. no. but it's like, holy cow, that was so fast. It was funny. I had the opposite experience when I turned 30, where I had already had three kids, mm. one stepdaughter, and then two naturally. I got like, I thought about maybe getting pregnant in the year 2000. I thought that'd be way cool that I'd always know how old my kid was if they were born in 2000. So New Year's Eve, I was like, yeah, you know, we'll just see what happens. Seriously, like six weeks later, poof, here it comes. Wow. So at 30 years old, well, it's part of being young too. I think that's right. (laughs) I would say Um, so. Yeah. I had full-time teaching job, three kids, house and a mortgage, two dogs. And I was like, oh, well, that happened fast. So I just like, you know, fast forward rolled. And one of the things that I wanted to do was I had a lot of childhood trauma. I had parents who weren't whole people themselves for no fault of their own, their own, you know, what they went through. And so I was like, I know I can do it better. And mm. that little bit of like ego in me of like, watch this. I know how I can do it better. <laughs> but I think having some of those experiences as a kid that that you have to survive and get through. Oh, yeah. You to be more intuitive to kids' needs. You know, it's almost like seeing that little, you know, child self inside and what I would have needed. Now let me figure out how I can give it to other kids. And mm-hmm. through teaching. So being around all kinds of different kids, cause all kids are completely different. Right. Uh, it was somewhere where I figured out what, you know, not a magic formula because that, that it's such a simple thing. It's like, show up, love them. Well, realize that they're little people that mm-hmm. are having the same experience. You know, it's, it's yeah. not that hard to do once you get yourself kind of out of the way. I think that's the hardest part is getting yourself out of the way. Like, uh, I started reading, reading Dr. Shafali's, um, the parenting map yeah. and that's like, that's the thing. I mean, that book just came out like last week, but it's like, it's one of those things where it, she says that in there and that that's the whole, the whole part that I think is the hardest part about parenting is not raising the children. It's being able to like 
raise yourself because you're not fully there yet, right? Like there's this like completely moldable tiny human who their brain isn't fully developed, but they've got all the feels. They like they feel all the things. But then you're really not there yet either. So you're like, what am I doing? You know? And so I think a lot of the frustration, I can tell, I can say this with like from my own experience, tons of my frustration. My, my biggest, like, my, my biggest thing to say to dads is just relax. Like, I know that that's a dangerous thing to say to like your wife, like, hey, relax. But like to guys, I can literally be like, yo, like, relax. Just, chill. And sometimes I've got to say that to myself because we get so wrapped around the axle about what we think it's supposed to be like. And then, and it's not even close to that. And what in life is exactly the way we thought was going to be that way. Right. But then we have these little tiny humans that have their own wills and their own desires. And, and then they're full of emotion and guys from the dad's perspective, we're all, we think we're all logical. That's not totally true, but we're really a lot of logic. And so when we're looking at like, this is totally irrational, like, what is your problem? And it's like, oh, your problem is that you're two. And really your problem is that I'm 43 and can't figure this stuff out either. Like, that's the real problem. <laughs> you know, right. so logic like we're, <laughs> with a two year old. No. no, it doesn't. Like, and I, I mean, seriously, I can say that even at six months, I was like, what's this kid's problem? <laughs> it's like, what is your problem, Nate? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I just want to touch on two little things that you said in there. The first is, um, I'm a Montessori trained teacher. Oh, I cool. Yeah. A whole bunch of different ways, but I did Montessori for a while. And one of the, her most famous book and what all of her work is, is based on basically is called the absorbent mind. And mm. so it's basically when, when they're that little, they're just absorbing everything. They're just, oh, yeah. that's how they learn language, right? It doesn't matter what language you speak. They're going to learn how to speak it because they just absorb it. They're learning in a completely different way. Um, all of, you know, how they learn their letters and numbers and the whole thing. So they are absorbing everything in their environment around you, right. not just what you say, but also how you're feeling, the energy you're putting out, all that stuff is just being coded into them. Oh, yeah. So it's just, you're right. You want to, you want to be coding the right things, you know, yeah. to be aware of, of yourself um, and what you're doing. And I forget what the other one was to be, <laughs> I love what you were saying, but I wanted to touch on that. Um, I, next topic, basically um, power of words. And I guess that is, you know, what you say, not just what you do and what you say need to be in alignment, which, you know, dumb moment, but, um, Gabor Mate has, is making the rounds now too. And mm-hmm. he's talking about how you cannot lo- love too much. There's right. no such thing as coddling, not coddling, like overdoing it for them is, sure. is a separate thing. But the kids who were really, truly loved have gone on to be the most confident. Can you speak to that a little bit or how you see that with your own? Yeah. Um, well, I, uh, I have the benefit of having like, the, I, I have five kids, but two pods. Like I have like the older two and the younger three. Right. And so like, I look at my older two and I'm like, man, I, I really did. And I don't, I don't look at them going, wow, you're really screwed up. I screwed you. I screwed you up. But I do look at stuff that I did and go, man, I, I wish I'd have done that different. So the major difference is that kind of goes along with that is, um, how, however people see co-sleeping, like we co-sleep, like, and I mean, like our daughter it, at this point, it's, it's becoming less and less, but she, she'll sleep right in between us most nights. And if it's not all night, it'll be at some point in the night she comes in and that's where she is. Um, to the level of my oldest at three years old, and this crushes my heart to think about, but at three years old, we had a, uh, we had a, a psychologist tell us, well, if he's not supposed to be in the bed with you, then, then shut and lock the door and don't let him in and talk to him through the door. And I'm like, I look back on that now and I'm like, are you insane? That poor kid. <laughs> I had the exact same experience and my daughter, she had had a couple of little surgeries when she was little. So I know mm-hmm. I was an anxious parent. So when she would come home from the hospital, I was like, you're sleeping. Like I need to have you close. Right. So I had given her that message that I needed it too. And then was like, you need to be in your own bed because you're three years old. And yeah, that's what my pediatrician said too. close and lock the door. She'll sleep on the floor. She'll figure it out. Like, 
I'm sorry. She, yeah, he's three. Like, why am I making him figure that out? I mean, to like to a level where like banging on the door, screaming, and like it does hurt my soul because like the 42 year old Nate looks back at that, and I just want to rip the door open and punch like 25 year old Nate in the face, kind of thing. Like, because I'm like, what? Like, why would you do that to your little one? So the 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 great the raising is totally different from number one to number five, and and in that sense, I can tell you like he has a lot more trepidation with things. Um, and I know she's only two and a half, but that girl, aside from like, like random strangers, like she's not afraid to wave at people and talk to people. She's like, she, when she steps out, she is confident in who she is from what I can see. And I mean, that may be just still age, but the older one is like, he doesn't like to build new friendships. He doesn't like to step out and try things. I mean, to the level where, um, he worked with me. Um, I I created a, a Christmas light hanging business like nine years ago. And, um, it's grown exponentially over and over the, over the years. And so he works with me over the, over that season and we'll roll up to a house and I'm like, Hey, knock on the door. Just let them know we're here. Just say, Hey, we're here with twice the light. We'll, you know, we're just going to get started. Just want to let you know we're here. So we don't scare them or then be like, what's going on in our roof and things <laughs> like that. Days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, Hey, do that while I grab the ladder. And he, he doesn't even want to do that. And so that could be personality, although he is, he's a jokester and, and he's, he also be like, play, you see his confidence in playing guitar. He's built that over, over time. Um, uh, but just like with other interactions with other people, I see it as like a, a confidence level drop when it comes to that. And it may or may not be connected, but in my brain, I'm like, well, I could have done better there to make you a more confident human being, or at least give you the ability to be, and that not be something I sit around wondering if I, did I do that to you? That kind of thing. And also just listening to your gut, you knew at the time it was wrong. And we listened to these, you know, experts who said, this is what you need to do. And self-soothing is important. And, Mm -hmm. you know, even if they're in your bed and, and learning, they're still learning to fall asleep. You know, I understand the whole, you know, don't like rock them and sing. And the people that have like a 17 step bedtime routine, that's, you know, a little excessive, but, (laughs) but, but they are they just feel safe. They sure. just want there and next to you and co-regulating and just, and then they can learn to nod off and they know you got their back. They know that you're there and they just yeah. love you and want to be close. So listening to your gut in all those moments of, you know, I knew that wasn't right or I right. knew that was right. And so I'm going to lean into that, you know, right. both ways. It's totally true. And I mean, you think about mama specifically, you were there home for nine, nine months, 40 weeks. Like, I mean, it's almost 10 months really like, but the truth is like little, little babies, they don't, they can't tell the difference between themselves and mama. Like they, I've been hearing about the fourth trimester and I'm like, that's a real thing. No questions asked. Um, my wife, Megan has nursed our, our younger three, uh, she tried really hard with, with Finley and it did, it, it was difficult and, and rough, but like fit, uh, Wyatt and, and Luna, she's nursed them. Uh, and, and I mean, that fourth trimester thing is a legit deal where they're outside the body, but they don't really have a concept of you not being home for them. So like, like to, to make them self soothe inside of, even in my opinion, inside the first year or more is, it just feels it from, from my standpoint now, I'm like, that doesn't feel natural to me. That doesn't feel right. It feels like just let them be there. Let them, let them be on you. Let them be around you always. Cause you're, you know, like I've said it before about my own, about my wife. I'm like, you're home. Like, I don't care if we live in this house or another house, like the home is what we make it. But truly we parents, we are, we are our kids home. Like we are, we are their home. And that is, that's a difficult that's a difficult thing as a parent because it takes a lot. Um, yeah. But for the kid, man, it's it makes a world of difference. It's a foundation. And then my kids, um, we've traveled quite a bit all around. And one one funny story about that, and it goes back to the co-sleeping. So, mm-hmm. so bear with me. We were going... Um, we were in Nepal and we were on the the trail up to Everest base camp. And so you oh, stay yeah. in these little tea houses. And mm-hmm. so, and then you, you know, hire guys to carry your stuff for you. And it's not as bougie as it sounds. It's like $5 <laughs> a day. And you can't, cause you're going up these valleys and down oh, yeah. and a five-year-old and an eight-year-old. They weren't carrying their own stuff. Anyway, sure. we get to the tea house and they give us two little rooms. Cause they had, had like two twins in each room. And on the third night, our guide came to me and he said, 
So explain to me how all of the luggage is in one room and you guys end up being in the second room and just squishing the beds together. How do you fit? We fit. There's yeah. no way that, first of all, in a foreign country, but second of all, that we're going to be in separate places. We So that's what we did for the whole rest of the time. Then they knew that we had one room for all the suitcases and whatever. And then in the other room, we just squished the two beds together and that, you know, and we could read books at night and we could just snuggle up and I don't know, we fit somehow. I mean, my son's 6'2 now, so that would have been a whole time five at the time. So it worked a lot better, but yeah. you know, they remember that. And then when we got home and we were back in the States, we do like a Friday night super bed where we like oh, fun. bring a mattress into the living room and put it on the floor in front of the, you know, the couch and mm-hmm. watch the movie and all snuggle up and you know, everyone remembers Superbad. Christmas this year, my kids are, you know, 22, 19, 33. Are we doing Superbad? Absolutely. Superbad. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> room. Just there's like, you know, there's a king and then there's a California king and then there's the Superbad. That makes total sense. <laughs> exactly. I love that. Well, you know, the truth is like, seriously, if you, I mean, I know that we, we want to say that as humans, we've evolved exponentially, but the truth is like there's a ton about us that is still extremely ancient. And in my opinion, when you look at, when you look at how people lived in the ancient times, or if you just go to like first world or third world countries and look, they don't have the space to do that. You know, I mean, I, again, I grew up Judeo Christian background, so I did a lot of study into the Jewish culture when they were nomadic. It's not like, it's not like they had like separate rooms in all these tents. It's like your family was in this tent and you were all together. Like that's just the nature of it is that we Westernized how we live and we have separate bedrooms so that we can have our own space. And I mean, when I lived in out of the country, they're like, Oh yeah. Like people, you know, in certain places they, they're a lot closer talking, you know? So what I learned in Latin America is though they, especially the guys, they talk a lot lower, but they talk a lot closer. Okay. Right. But like, that's not, that may not be either here or there, but the truth is like when you, we Westerners seem to have like, I need this much space, right? I need to have, and that like, we do that to our, we like, we give the Heisman to our kids too, trying to have our own space. And they don't know, they don't understand that, you know, like that's not the way it is. And if you look back at, you know, ancient cultures or in, in places where they just don't have the kind of money that we have in the States, I mean, they're all staying in the same room. We, we think, I think my, my grandfather, grew up in a house where it was like they had the the stove like the whatever that's called the the stove the wood stove in the yeah. one room and everybody slept like basically on the floor around that and he grew up in Pennsylvania and it's like that was normal and I look back and go that's crazy but I mean for the kids side of things yeah in my opinion they kind of need it like I, I mean I, I used to be like full on like nobody no kids in the bed and now if they come in I'm like yeah just get in it's fine we got a king size we'll just we don't have a super bed but we'll we'll make space <laughs> Right? Make it work. There's always room for you. Absolutely. <laughs> About um, your grandfather, father, all those things. So I feel like some of what our work is, is just breaking the cycle of things that didn't necessarily work or hoping mm. that we're going to kind of just veered in a different way. That whole concept of, you know, if you take the boat and you move it like one degree or even two degrees, you can kind of go in a different direction. Absolutely. And so, um, one thing I just wanted to touch on is that whole theory of demanded respect. Mm. I think a lot of our parents and definitely our grandparents, <laughs> we just expect, they just expected respect just because I am your dad. Mm-hmm. You know, I show up, I walk in the room, you better, and not just, you know, not be seen and heard in the whole thing, but I, yeah, I think demand is a good word. I, should have respect because I'm the dad period. And you don't necessarily have to do anything to earn it. And you don't Mm -hmm. necessarily have to do anything to keep it. It's just a given. Mm -hmm. What would you say about that? I think that's a, I think that that thought, that concept is, is still very much alive and running through a lot of dads. I get a lot of pushback on some of the things I say from, I'll be reading comments and I try to like respond to a lot of that stuff. Uh, Anytime I can, I try to respond to people. Um, whether that's in DMs or in the, in the comment section, but I can tell the instant I read something that's very like pushing hard against that. And I totally respect that. But at the same time, I can be like, that's it. That's either a dad or it's a guy who doesn't have kids yet and thinks that's the way it's supposed to be. And that's really, I mean, 
then I would say that for a lot of men, and this is a generality, but for a lot of men, we, we want respect, right? So we assume because I'm dad, I'm the provider, I do these things, well, I deserve it. So I'm just, it's just mine. I'm, it's, you have to give it to me. And so that is a, that is a concept that, I mean, that is generational for sure. And it's in my family too. Like I can see it all the way back and that's the way it is. Um, I, I would say I was that way with the, with the oldest, the oldest boy. I feel like that actually comes through pretty hard with fathers and their sons, more so than fathers with their daughters. We just, I, I, I have a friend who he has two boys just had a baby girl and I'm like, it's going to be different. And it like, she will literally just change your whole soul. It's crazy. And so I could be wrong about that, but my experience has been that like my demand for respect rises up harder with my sons than it does with my daughters. And I think that's just a, maybe it's a testosterone thing. Like, you know, like the, the male lions fighting in the pride, it could be, but, but that, that goes way back. So from my standpoint now though, I have that internal feel of, I deserve respect. But then, then I have that thing that clicks in my brain. That's like, no, you earn that respect. Like you do the things that, that makes them respect you and not makes them respect you. Like you're going to mind and I'm going to like, because that becomes a fear-based way of teaching your sons how to live. And unfortunately, unless someone's telling them what to do later on in life or making them afraid, they're only ever going to run on fear uh, in some way, shape or form. And then, and when there's nobody telling them what to do, they just, they might find themselves not really sure what to do. And like I said, that's a generality, but from my standpoint, I just go, you know, if I'm the guy that like, when I look at the guys that I, I, want to emulate. And I'm like, I want to earn the kind of money that guy makes, or I want to live the lifestyle like these guys. Like, it's not because they scare me. It's because they inspire me. And so turning that corner as a dad and being like, I, I earn the respect by doing the things that they look at and, and want to be like, boys always want to say like, my dad can beat up your dad. I'm kind of the guy that's like, be the dad that can beat up everybody else's dad. Not because you want to, but because they look at you and be like, my dad's a beast. You know, um, I, I use this as my example, but in our old gym, uh, they had a kid's room and there's a window. And I can tell you there are plenty of times, I didn't work out always on purpose in front of that window, but I found myself in front of that window doing lots of heavy stuff. And I'd see little, he like little heads pop up and I can see their faces. And in those moments where my mind is like, I just want to quit. I just want to quit. I could look across the, the way and see those eyes watching me. And that's me earning their respect they're like, my dad can do big things. And then I get to go, you have my blood in you. You can do big things. So then I get to inspire them to say, you, you know, and I've earned their respect by doing those things. Hard part is the moment you, and I mean, I totally did this last night, lost my mind last night. And uh, I mean, it's one of those things where I, I, I talk about this stuff like, hey, don't yell at your kids. Trust me when I say, I'm like, that's, that's me telling me to not yell at my kids too. It's very difficult because you just get to that point where you're like, oh my gosh. And, and I was there. <laughs> and so you do all that to earn their respect and then you blow up and it's like, man, did I just lose all that? Kids are amazingly forgiving and wonderful in the way that they are made to just love you and, and want to be like you and all those things. But that, t that can take a toll too. So you can do all these things to earn it. And then one thing can really feel like you're destroying it. Um, I, that's, that's been where I've changed my mindset to, I'm going to earn their respect. I'm going to do the things that make them go, I want to be like him yeah. because you know, I'd rather that, that gives me the opportunity to really speak into their life a lot more than if I'm the guy that they're afraid of and don't want to be around. Yeah. And it gives them permission to do the same. Yeah. You know, I saw That's my dad mean. push hard and have a goal and, and meet it and go out there and not be afraid of it. And so I can do that too. It's showing an example. Exactly. And yeah. that goes for daughters as well. It's just one of those things that I like, because I have both, I'm, I, I look into it and I go, I, I, I'm, I'm different. And maybe it could be a bad thing. I don't know. It's just, I notice that internally, like something inside me is different with my boys and with my, with my girls. And and so, I mean, I want them to see, we, we do hard things. I mean, that's one of the things I say, it's one of those mantras in our family is, uh, we're feathers. We do hard things until they're easy. And that's like, you know, we push for that. So that way they just keep going at it. Just go at it. It's hard right now. Do it enough. It'll get easy or it'll is become there a, easier. Is there a good story where, um, 
because there's always that moment when the kid, when the boys are around what, 15, 16, and they can do one thing better than you, mm-hmm. whether it's like a basketball, you know, or in our family, we're big skiers, you know, yeah. go down double black diamond. Da, da, da. So was there that moment with your oldest where he realized not just you, cause it's, it's an ego, you know, you got to take a second and realize, Oh my God, that, but also you're so proud because yeah. wow, look at you go. Was there a moment like that? I totally am putting you on the spot with this. <laughs> I think that's a big one with sure. dads and sons. Cause you're right. You do demand respect. And I know with girls, some moms and girls, there is a, you know, if you think back to the nomadic stuff, like you were talking mm-hmm. about there, even just with cycles and everything, how it goes, together and and who's going to get pregnant this month if we were in the tent you know it that it does there is some competition between Mm. the older and the younger there's no doubt about it that's you know in our dna but there is always that moment with a son and his dad where with my son um he's into jujitsu he's a oh cool yeah yeah they work out like crazy he's into jujitsu but he also is a big um uh, weightlifter does all the weightlifting stuff, but he wanted to learn how to do a muscle up. Oh yeah. Not just like a pull up, but the one that went up and above and over. So, um, his dad got him the bands so that he could start working with them. Mm -hmm. And he just really went in it and they went together to the gym every day. And we're like, let's figure this out. And, and so it was a chance for his dad to really cheer him on as he went for this hard goal. But I think it was a day when he was like, you know, bench pressing or whatever. And he turned to his dad and he's like, that's 50 pounds more than you. Right. And it's just that like, ah, yeah, yeah. Right? you have a moment like that. Yeah. Um, I can say this. I, I, I still have that with Zeke when it comes to weightlifting, he's only recently got into it. He got into CrossFit with me a, a couple of years ago, but he wasn't really all that consistent. And I will say that within three weeks he hit a muscle up and I was like, everybody in the gym hates you, dude. Like everybody hates you. Luckily, I could do those at that point. So it was not a, I was still working on them, but I could do them. So it was not a, uh, that was not the moment. But what I will say is uh, he picked up the guitar in fifth grade. We got him a guitar for his birthday. And it was one of those things where he's like, you know, dad, is there a YouTube video that shows me how to play this faster? And I'm like, no, dude, that is all work. And I play, but I only ever just played, I played bass back in the day and I only ever played rhythm, uh, stuff like that. And so I'm not that great at it. Um, but there was a, there was a moment where I walked into his room. And he's like, "Dad, check this out!" And he just rips it. And I mean, I'm the kind of dad that's going to say, "Hey, dude, this is not your thing. Like, love you. You should find something else, right?" But this kid is amazing at it, and so it's it's not so much a competition in that sense for us because he's so much better than me. Um, I mean, and honestly, he's been way better than I have been for years now because he's just worked on it and he's, he's more of a lead guitarist anyways, but, um, he, uh, he's so good at it. So I tend to come in and be like, dude, I love when you play. He'll always come out and be like, Hey dad, come here. Can you hear it? Like, I want you to hear this. And I, I love that stuff for me. Like that's huge. Um, I would say with him, it's, it's the guitar. Like he has, he really has like worked on that and he's so like i mean i'm like i'm here and he is like light years ahead of me and there's me just being like i love to listen to you play what's that you can cheer him on from where you are and be like exactly i liked but you took it to a whole new level that's so but i will say i've I've been playing chess with finley and uh and he catches me here and there like um i think he's he's probably he's beat me once which I'm like, you caught me looking, dude. Like I like that was fair and square. And I mean the pride in his like whole body. And then I'm sitting there like, how did I lose to a seven year old? Like that was, I just totally made a bunch of mistakes and I got caught. Right. But, um, but those are the moments where like we, as dads, like we got to humble ourselves and like, just be like, dude, that was amazing. Like just push them, like push them ahead. Like you're like, you're going to do great. And my thing is like, he comes to me now and he's like, I've only ever beat you once. Like, like you always beat me. And I'm like, look, dude, my whole goal is for you to come in here and just own me every time. Like, I want you to be so much better than me. Just like I'm pushing to be the best I possibly can. And I've said it before, like my, my ceiling is your floor. So all I want to do is, is keep pushing my ceiling up so that wherever you start, you're already better than me because I just want to launch you into whatever life you're going to. So yeah, it's fun because there's a lot of competition. I think with, with dads who have boys who want to like work out, that's a great place for competition to really push them. Um, 
my oldest again, like he's always like, dad, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. What are you squatting? And it's fun as a dad to still be able to like take him. So I'll be like, oh yeah, I, I, I do that for reps. And he's like, dang it. You know? And he's, you know, but, <laughs> but I told him already, you, you'll pass me and I hope you do. I want you to pass me and just zoom on ahead. And what a great way to, for a dad who feels like he's just kind of coming into, you know, quote unquote, this work or, or looking for a way to connect with a son who, you know, it, he hasn't been the best dad he could be. What a great way to start working out, you know, hey, let's go. And maybe the first day you don't even make eye contact and maybe the second, right? But they kind of want to be there too. And what a good way to bond. Oh, you know, I, any I, sport, whatever is, is your thing, not just like one of the gym and lifting weights, right. but it's also a point for the dad to to cheer their kid on, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a, a touchstone that you have together, creating some memories and, and building on that. I've had some of the best conversations with my oldest in the gym, like bar none. If, if guys are into working out, they should take their sons because you will have you will have great conversations all the way through. Like he tells me stuff that he would never say out loud anywhere. Um, but he's also, but he gives me the chance to like, fa- like we as dads, we got to f- like you, you fail, but your failing makes you better. The, the, the whole, the whole concept of our fear of failure in our culture, like, unfortunately I've, I've heard, um, uh, what's his name? Robert Kiyosaki say that our school system sets us up to fear failure because it's like, well, you get bad grades and that kind of stuff. Whether that's true or not, like I, I kind of feel that way. But when you look at life, if you if you're afraid to fail, you won't do anything. You won't right? try harder. Yeah, yeah you, you won't you won't try because you're like, well, I don't want to fail. And so the gym lets your own kids, as a as a parent at all, lets your kids see you fail. And the beauty of that is, I have to fail to get stronger, or I'm not going to get stronger. If I just keep doing what I can, I won't get any stronger. And so it gives you opportunity to have those kind of conversations with him. And so I had some of the best conversations before Zeke went to college with him at the gym, like bar none. If, if there are dads out there that are like, I don't know how to talk to my kid. If if you even have one inkling of going to the gym, go and then start taking your kid because like you will have fantastic conversations, I think. 100%. And I would circle that back too to something I'd written down I wanted to talk about of how, like, taking care of yourself. One of the big things I talk about with mamas is, you know, you got to fill your cup so that you actually have something in there to spill out, to give to others. But it's, it's the the same, but different for dads, in my opinion, where you need to be, you need to show up as your best self. Mm -hmm. Right. And so going to the gym or working out or whatever helps you have that mental clarity so that when you see your kids and you do those things, you actually can't even think clearly. Mm-hmm. Right. So not even being your best self, but like you're pushing out all those hormones from the day of whatever stresses, you know, or from work or whatever. And it, it allows you because you've done that work to kind of shed all that out to show up with some mental clarity. And then the, the other side would be that you're popping those endorphins. I think mm-hmm. that's what makes the kids start like, you know, jabber John is when <laughs> you do something, you know, it's, what is it like 12, 13, 17 minutes in, and then it, endorphins start popping and you're right. Blah, 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 and then this happened and then this happened and yep. it just, it breaks down those walls and that comes out whether they want it to or not. Because, <laughs> it's a truth that. serum, right? <laughs> yes, it totally is. But even, you know, the way for, well, for anybody, but for dads to show up where, you know, realizing that working out is such a great way to gain that mental clarity so that you can show up and be calm when you feel like screaming or, mm-hmm. you know, walk in the room and read the room is what I yeah. say. My kid's dad a lot, read the room, bro. Like he's <laughs> not in a, good, in a good mood. That one just had a meltdown. Like you don't come in here and be like, Hey, who wants ice cream? No, 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 no. Like, you know, if you're not calm and in your body, you can't, you can't do that. You yeah. know? No, you're totally right. Your guy actually sounds like a great human. Cause I walk in and I'm like, what's going on? Who's messing with their mom? What's the problem here? And why are you acting like that to her? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, who wants ice cream? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> no. <I'm not> sure. <laughs> um, uh, one yeah. more interesting thing I wanted to jump into. You had a um, a video. You know, your videos are great. I love them. Thank, Thank you. you so much for even putting them out there. But what about your little guy who your your school that the kids go to? They wear uniforms, mm-hmm. and they had a day where they could bring. I assume for a charity, I forget exactly what it was. And then they could wear whatever they wanted to. Mm -hmm. And you said, and I, I waited and I took a step 
and I let him figure out where that $5 was coming from, right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't Mm -hmm. just have a bank account he can go pull it from, but instead of jumping in and rescuing, I let him figure it out. I gave it a second. So how do we as parents not rescue? And also where's that fine line between helping and overhelping, letting them figure it out themselves Biting your, you know, inside of your lip while you kind of watch them figure something out. How do you not rescue when you love them so much? Yeah, I'm probably. I would say I'm still working on that for sure because I think that you know you think about they when they're born they can't do anything and you have to do everything. I mean, to the level of like you have to hold their head because their their head flops around. Like they can't do anything, and so we're almost like geared towards keeping them safe constantly, like keeping them safe, keeping them safe. So. I don't know any parent that doesn't feel that way when they're like, when the little one comes out. Right. So you're like, we have this little tiny nugget and like, I have to do everything for you. Right. And so if you don't get out of that mental space, you're always going to do that. And so letting them try new things and that kind of stuff, that's so hard. Um, I've, I've come to the point where, you know, I feel like we want to always keep them safe. And there's, there's stuff like, like, I'm never going to let my kid just go running out into the street. I mean, I am like the guy that's, if I'm on the porch and they're out playing, I am literally like constantly back and forth looking for cars. We, you know, that kind of stuff, because that's a, in my opinion, that's not one I want to, I'm not going to take a risk on that and be like, Oh yeah, they'll be fine. You know, like they'll figure it out. That's not a place for them to figure it out. But like if they're climbing on stuff, um, they might fall and get hurt. I mean, like boys tend to be a lot rougher. I mean, I will, I say that where my daughter is literally like stacking chairs to try to climb up on stuff. So that's not like, I mean, that's not to say girls don't do some crazy stuff, but like my boys are like ready to beat each other up. And like, you're going to have like bloody lips and missing teeth at some point, I suppose, you know, that kind of craziness. Um, and so I, I think what we have to do is I think it comes back to patience and relaxing, right? Like this whole concept of being able to step back and breathe and be patient. Um, it, I think it covers a whole world of, of problems for us because if I can do that in the middle of being frustrated with them and then do that in the middle of them trying to figure something out and also do that in the middle of watching them climb a fence where I'm like, Oh Lord, help us. Right. (laughs) Right. I I can tell you, I can tell you from my experience with my my wife, she's like, he's going to tear his pants. I'm like, yeah, but they're pants. Like, it'll be all right. And there's a part of me that's like, yeah, I don't really want him to tear those pants either. But he may get over the top of that fence and just tear them right off his body. Like, you never know, like, what's going to happen. And I think having the patience and the the being relaxed enough to go, okay, pants are, I mean, honestly, we have friends that have kids bigger than ours. So it's like, yeah, we'll take your stuff, you know, that kind of thing. Pants don't cost all that much in the grand scheme of things. So I can let that ride. Um, hospital visits, not so much fun. But that might be the cost of some risks as well that they're going to take. I mean, my brother climbed a tree, fell out and broke his arm. Like that's just the nature of it. And so I think that it comes back to saying, I love you so much, but I also have to be able to love them enough to like, I'm going to breathe, I'm going to wait, and we're going to see how this pans out. Um, The best way I can say that is like in uh, Finding Nemo where they're in the, they're on the, what is the EAC? And, uh, and the, uh, the turtle, I'm totally not good with all that stuff, but the, 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 tur- the turtle is like, let us see what little squirt does. That's that right. I think is the best way to like d- describe how we can parent on all fronts. Like he pops out and, um, Marlon is like, oh my gosh. And he's like, hold on, let's see what happens. Let him figure it out. And then let him come back in. Um, and then he gets back in and he's like, did you see me? And I think that's, what's huge is when they do it, they're going to turn to you and go, did you see me? You know, right. so many times their hands are up and they're like, yeah. And if they get hurt, you hold them, you love on them, you fix you know, you like put the bandaid on. You, yeah. yeah. But that's the part too, is being the dad who has set up all those times that you said, great job when your daughter did stack up a million shares or right. when she feed herself for the first time or when, you know, she learned her letters or whatever. You, if you have done that so many times in so many little micro ways and she knows that when she looks at you, she's going to get that. Response. <laughs> That's when they'll, you know, I mean, I yeah. know that at my first kid's phone call when something big happens, Hey mom, guess what happened? Because yeah. they know that not only are they going to get that, but They've seen me do that before and they love it. And we have this close connection. And so it is, it's so the long game, right? Yeah. All those, because 
if you think about it in the opposite way, when they're little, if you're like, yeah, great. Well, why would they come to you? Yeah, absolutely. Right? So absolutely. Those little, little yeah. things of time all, all stack up. Absolutely. So like the youngest yesterday, great example. She is sitting over by the, the door behind the table. I can hear stuff and Meg is standing there and she's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then she's like, you got it, show dad. And she comes running around the corner diaper only, but Uggs boots that she had to zip up. So I'm like, this is a hilarious view, but she put her own boots on and zipped them up herself. And I'm like, I mean, I'm like, like I've, I tell my kids all the time, I'm like, if you think something kind, the world is full of negativity. So if you think something kind, go tell them. My, my oldest daughter one time was like, I like her blue hair. And I'm like, go tell her you like her blue hair. Gets up from the table, goes over in the restaurant and tells this lady, made her day. Like, same thing with the oldest. He was like, I think that girl's pretty. And he was like 10. She was probably 17, whatever. And I'm like, well, tell her. And it made her like, I mean, blushing, like made her day. It's that kind of stuff. So when that kind of stuff happens, I'm like, oh, rah! you know, like a freak out yeah. session happens because I mean, why not? Like you just did that. That's amazing. And that for you, like, like I'm like, I put my shoes on every day. If, if I thought like that, I'm going to be Debbie Downer, right? But if I realize she's never put her own shoes on and that was a huge deal, that's awesome. So let's, yeah. let's kick it up. I mean, I mean, I'm, I may not buy a cake, but I'm definitely going to celebrate with a dance and throw hands around, you know? Well, and it's, it's <laughs> the kind of relationship that you want, you know, in the quiet moments, if you take a second and, and breathe into it and are like, you know, what, what kind of dad do I want to be? Do I want to be the kind that they call and, and tell me these things? I say call because my kids are out of the house. Right. No, I get it. <laughs> Or, you know, do you want to be the one they run to? Yeah. Do you? And, and if you're the other side, like we were talking about before, I want to be respected and, and they, you don't want them. Well then, you know, keep ignoring them when they're little and that's exactly what you get. And you might get, you know, a sir or a father when they speak to you on Christmas. And, and if, you know, what do you want? And that's if you absolutely want true. this close relationship, you know, it's funny. I see so many, um, I don't know if you're on the, the parent chat boards for your kid who's in college, but the Facebook parent boards. <laughs> I'm oh, not. So much oh, it's crazy. <laughs> Anytime my daughter's like, I don't know. Blah, blah. I'm like, let me ask the moms on this. They know oh, everything. There's <laughs> so many parents on there who are like, I haven't heard from my kid in two months. Mm-hmm. Or why is when my son comes home, he's so rude to me and he doesn't understand that I'm paying his tuition, blah, blah, blah. And all I can think is, it started so long ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, what you've been doing, those those patterns that you've set up, they have said no thank you because all the other times they came to you for stuff, you either shut down or you didn't treat them with kindness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that crushes my heart for people that are not there. Actually, that's really what, what started the whole Instagram thing for me. Uh, with, with being like, as, as a father, I came home from taking Zeke to college and I sat down and I was like, Oh my gosh, it's not over. It's just totally different. And now it's so different. I don't know what to do with myself. And then I start going through like all the, like I go back to when he's three and he's banging on the door, wanting to sleep in my bed. And I'm like, why didn't you just open the door? Like that kind of stuff. So now I'm sitting here going, I have a whole other crew of little ones to not only be a different parent. And I had that conversation with the older two. I'm like, you're going to see a totally different dad because I am not that human. Like I've grown and I'm not going to be the way I was with you because that's, that guy's gone. Like he's, that's the past and I've grown. But like with that, I am also like, dude, there's so many guys out there that think like I used to think. And man, don't have like, you don't have, if you don't have two pods of kids, you don't get another run at this. Like, and you really, you only get one run per kid. So it's like, what do you want? You know, do you want peace right now because they're loud and obnoxious and you just want to watch TV and watch the game? Or do you want to have them call you and be like, dad, you're never going to believe this. I got this job. Like, that's what I want. Like, um, Christmas movie, uh, cause I'm all about Christmas. Uh, the family stone, it's a funny and it's also sad. But the thing I've looked at is like five children come home to their parents' house. And I'm like, that's what I'm looking for. I want that. I'm raising my drinking buddies. Like I'm, I'm raising the people that I want to hang out with. So like I'm, I'm like praying I do it all right so that they call me and go, dad, you want to go get a beer? I'm like, I'm in, you know, that's, that's what I want. And unfortunately, like, uh, like this is not to talk bad about my, my raising or anything like that. I had a really good life, but I don't do that with my dad. Like he, he lives six hours away anyways, but he wasn't even in college and, and older when I lived nearby, he wasn't the first guy that I called to like hang out with. And I'm not saying I, I need to be that. 
but I, I'd like to be on the list, you know, like they're like, I want to hang with dad and that's yeah. my hope. And so I'm just, I'm doing that. There's a, first of all, we are absolutely on the same page. That's 100% why I'm even doing what I'm doing is, is the grandma advice. I like to call it of looking back to other people who are yeah. coming up to me yeah. and being like, here are the simple things that worked, right? Um, but there's an interesting thing I thought of the other day where, you know, Matthew McConaughey does his thing where my goal is the wrong word, hero. My hero mm. is me in 10 years. Yes, yes. That's who I want to be. But who we're speaking to right now is ourselves 10 years ago, Yeah. right? How do I get to here where my kids are my best friends? And yes, they do have other friends. But like, of course, I was like, are you going to come ski with me next weekend? Yeah, I will be there with bells on. I don't care what's happening. There's a huge snowstorm and Mammoth is snowed in. I don't care. I'll yeah. walk there. <laughs> um, so that's who we're talking to is, mm-hmm. you know, us 10 years ago. These are the simple things that worked. This is how you show up in that, in that good way. And so that's, um, I love that we're both. That's the message, right? Yeah. Here's simple things and then and then you can get there. And and I think it is a little bit of not just awareness, but getting quiet with yourself and being like, what do I want? Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of relationship do I want from not from my kids, but with my kids, right? As yeah. a whole thing. You're right, Christmas is the best. Right. Christmas. Yeah. One <laughs> yeah. who, like I said, he's you know, this muscly guy and he has a beard and the whole thing. He is a giddy little kid on Christmas. And no, so no. I'm like, I love you so much, and I know you're gonna have your own family one day, but you have to. Like I just because I see my little boy. Yeah. I see my little right that gets yeah. so excited on Christmas morning, no matter, you know, how strong it is. That's totally true. That's actually why, like, I I I totally agree with you. Like I'm talking to me, you know, honestly, I'm talking to me almost 20 years ago now because Zeke's 18. Uh, like for me, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there going, that's why like uh, when I tell people like, Hey, DM me, whatever. Like I, sometimes I'll like someone will reach out and say something and I'll message them back. And they're like, you just messaged me like, wow. And I'm like, why is that? Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm a human. I'm just talking to you, right? You message me. I'm going to talk to you. Like, but I, I have like, you know, my health stuff, I can get paid through that. I get paid through that. Like that is something that's important to me, but that's also a way to make some finances. But I'm like my dad's stuff, always free. Anytime anybody asks me anything on any, on any platform about dad stuff, it's always going to be free because when I was that age and I had that little kid in the dark, in the middle of the night, not knowing what I'm doing. I mean, I, I, I go back and I can see myself walking around the kitchen. Like, what am I doing? What am I doing? And when I go back to those moments and I go, no man deserves to stand in his kitchen in the dark and wonder what he's going to do. And, uh, and if he asks, I'm going to tell him because, or at least give him something because I've been there and it's a scary place and no dude should go at that alone. So I'm like, that stuff is always free. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. I know me too. And, and I remember, I remember that moment my daughter wouldn't breastfeed and I was just dead set on it. You know, total earth mama that won't eat anything that's not organic or how I live. And, um, she wouldn't breastfeed. She just what they yeah. gave her a big bottle in the hospital because she was, you know, low blood sugar or whatever. And so once she got one full, like full fat bottle, she was like, well, that's fun and easy. I'm just going to do that. And so, right. so I remember, yeah, crying in the kitchen, in the dark. So again, if we could talk to our, someone else who's going through the same thing. And it, it's so funny that it is always simple advice. You feel like these are such big, huge things. And they do, they feel big and huge and they are. I mean, there's another person's life that you're that you have in your hands, but sometimes it's just the simple advice of knowing that someone else has gone through it. You will be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, there's someone there for you. So yeah, I hope moms and dads do reach out to us and we can help them through it. Absolutely. 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 My two um, classic ending questions. So I don't keep you too long. Number one is, well, Again, yes, mama podcast. So I'm speaking to moms, but we're speaking to everybody today. I love sure. it. Um, what's your best grandpa advice? A piece of advice that you got that was like, yes, you know, that you want to share out. Best piece of, of oh, advice. Man, yeah. we my we call my grandfather my dad's dad. We called him Papap, so we call him Papisms. Um, but uh-huh. <laughs> uh, man, there's there's a ton of them. I guess. Uh, it wouldn't be something he said. It was something he did. Um, he, 
he had like seven acres and he would always, he would always mowing grass because there was so much of it. But every single, literally, I think every single grandchild, and he had like 35 grandkids or something like that, um, mm-hmm. has a story about riding the tractor with Pap. Um, so I guess what I would say is my advice to parents is that it doesn't, there is no finish line. Like you don't, you don't get your kids out of the house and, and even get them married off or have their own kids. Um, there, there's no finish line because when their kids come, you have the opportunity to do the same thing from outside of the house that you did when they were in, when your kids were in the house. And so he did that. Like he was, he was the grandfather that was on the floor playing, loved the grandkids he actually said, if I had, if I knew how fun grandkids were, I'd have had them first. And I'd be like, how can you do that? But that would be the advice is be the grand, be the grandfather that says that kind of stuff because you have, every one of us had, had stories like that about him where he affected our lives in a way that, um, that we are the people we are, not just because he raised his kids and they raised us, but because he was the grandfather he was to us. I love that. And it sounds like too, like he invited, invited you in, like when he was on the tractor, even just sitting on his lap and being close and, and feeling chosen a little Mm -hmm. bit, like want to come with me and sit on my lap. Oh yeah. You know, my grandfather was a pilot. He came coming out of, you know, world war two of flying Mm -hmm. stuff. And then he, he learned to fly himself after. And yeah, when he'd call us up to the cockpit and be like, come up here and sit, you're, you're chosen, right? Yeah. He chose me. And, and then you, even just being close, even if you're, you know, being quiet or, you know, and my grandfather's was keep your wings level, which oh, that, like that. that's a good one too. Just like try to just keep it, you know, <laughs> in balance. Yeah. yeah. Um, last question again, thank you so much. I'm so, so grateful for your time. Yeah, thank um, you. If this, little podcast was a time capsule and your kids were going to get to see it, hear it, you know, whenever later in their lives, do you have a favorite moment, a moment that was just amazing and perfect that when you talk about, and then they hear be like, Oh my gosh, I remember that. Hmm. They won't remember it. But and that's okay it make me cry. It's funny because my kids are like, you never cry. I'm like, I always cry. I talk about you and I start crying. What are you talking about? I don't cry. But um, every single one of them, the moment they were born, every single one of them, um, every, it was all different every time. But I don't even know how to put it. I just like, you become a dad again. And I'm like, you depend on me. And I will do what it takes. I will do what it takes to make sure that you're good. Yeah. I remember that moment too with my first, um, I had to have a C-section and there, there honestly was a moment where they took her out and I was bleeding out, which, you know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) And they put her, you know, they let me say hi quick and then they put her in the incubator so they could try to work on me. Mm -hmm. And I turned to my husband and I said, you go there. Like Mm -hmm. I, it, it, how I was doing and what was going on with me in that split second, no longer mattered. Mm. And it was just, you go to her now because one of us needs to be there and with her. And, and it honestly was just like a light switch that that's, that's it. That's the important thing that's there. And it just, you're right. It does change you from, from me to us, Yeah, you know, and it, and it's such a shift. (laughs) It's yeah, such absolutely. A uh, well, thank you so much for the work that you do. Thank you. Um, I think I, Deepak Chopra has a, a saying, and I think I'm going to completely mess it up. <laughs> I, I love Kathy Heller, and one of her she talks about Deepak Chopra all the time because I think it was like one of her favorite interviews. But basically, it's the concept of if you you know an acorn, if you plant an acorn, then it's going to grow into a tree and all these millions of acorns will be on them. And then it just spreads. Yeah. And so if, if your message of loving kids, well, and you know, my message of loving kids, well, helps one kid, 10 kids, a hundred millions. It just, thank you for doing Absolutely. that and yeah. that work out. And, and even on the other side, helping dads to feel more complete and loved because not only are you loving out, but you get it back. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, I, I say it a lot, but I'm like, man, if, if there's one thing that I want, it's that dad, I want dads to be able to go, I did, I did the best I could with what I knew. And I always mm-hmm. was trying to n- know new stuff, but, um, I want dads to have 18 year olds that want to come home and hang out with them that they're like, Hey, let's go. Like I literally, that's, that's the hope for me for other fathers is that you'll raise children that call you and say, let's go get a beer or whatever it is. If you don't drink, whatever, but let's go get a beer. And you're like, yep, we're going. Yeah. My son called me last night and he was like, I uh, remember how we saw Creed one and Creed two. And I said, <laughs> I said, Creed three is out. And I was like, all right, when are we going? So Saturday night, me and his girlfriend and you know, Lovely. we're all going and we'll sit in the row, you know? And yeah. so, you know, you're telling me my almost 20 year old kid wants me to not just to pay for the tickets. Thank you very much. But right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> he wants us to all go to the movies together, yeah. you know, with his girlfriend too. Let's all go. So yeah, that's, and again, if I can help anyone to figure out how to do that, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. That's so, I love it. Thank you, that's thank awesome. You, thank you. Where can we find you? Um, find number one place would be at dads. Don't babysit on Instagram. Um, I'm here and there on Facebook under Nate feathers, but I don't, a lot of my content is coming from there. Uh, so it's really just Instagram is where I'm at the most. Awesome. Awesome. Again, thank you so much for all you do. We all appreciate it so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right. What an amazing episode. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening all the way to the end. Just wanted to reiterate, if you want to find Dads Don't Babysit, send your, the man in your life over there. Um, Dads Don't Babysit is Nate Feathers, and he's on Instagram. And if you're a dad that listens to Dads Don't Babysit, and you think your wife might, or significant other, girlfriend, or whatever she is to you, might, uh, baby mama, whatever you call it, uh, might want to hear a little bit more about what I do, I am yes.mamailana, M-A-M-A-I-L-A-N-A on Instagram. And we're just so grateful you were here to listen in because the whole goal is to just love our kids well, right? And then they can go and love more people well and we can just spread it and have it just be something amazing that goes all around the world and just builds a sense of community of everyone who's loved well. So we love you guys. Go love on those kids. See you next time. Thanks for being here.